Cafe Latte, iced Cafe Latte. The automaton of myself. Where you could look at Fabricated, overrated. On a Tuesday morning. Hello everybody, welcome to A Lovely Word. My name is Alex. My name is Becky. My name is Rachel. And we three um, have convened here to talk poetry, haven't we? Indeed. Mm. Poems. What is a poem? Um, it is the best words in the best order. Oh, hello. That was nice and ready to go. That was very ready to go. That's a loose phrase. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas a, a, a good novel is like the best sentences in the best order, I think. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So it doesn't necessarily have to be as good. No, it doesn't have to be the best words in the best order. Okay. According to poets, I don't know. You need more Various words ones. for novels. Yeah, you can, have some filler. Need, you can have some filler in a novel. You do need no more words in poetry. for novels, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. A lot more. A lot you could cut out more words in poetry. You could. You could probably cut out more words in novels. Does, do people still read? You think? I still read books. Yeah. I've just started again, but through a dry patch. I think a lot of people don't read anymore. I just gave away about two boxes worth of books to the charity shop and then immediately started buying more books. I just couldn't okay. myself. Yeah, I've got a, a problem for buying books <clears throat> and not reading them. But I'm just slowly trying to work through the ones I've not read. But it is difficult. Have yeah. you seen that Netflix thing about getting rid of stuff? Um, oh. Murray Kondo tidying up. Is that good or bad? That that exists. It doesn't bring me joy. But it doesn't bring me joy either. <laughs> I'm sure it does bring other people joy. Don't throw away books. Okay, so this month's A Lovely Word was March. It was on the 11th of March. And obviously, International Women's Day was on the 8th of March this year. Uh, The theme of International Women's Day this year was hashtag balance for better. So we thought it'd be a good idea to reserve half of the slots at this month's a lovely word just for women poets to celebrate women who do poetry in Liverpool and it was actually a really good night we had loads of extra women turn up to do poems and we had a lovely woman headliner Carmina Miss Oliver um, who you will hear in the in the uh, interview later I mispronounce her name but it's okay because she's there and she makes it fine yeah, she was absolutely fine. But it was great, and actually, the tone of the night was completely different with having a more female to male ratio. Um, and I think that Carmina was a, a good choice for that as well because she has a uh, still very enjoyable and very engaging style, but a lot quieter and very female energy about it. I would say very, very much in keeping with the night. And uh, with the new setup that we got, a lovely word. It was kind of in the round. Uh, it kind of felt like a like a kind of living room setup, which would probably hark back to the mellow mellow days of the whole thing. Mm. If you don't know what mellow mellow is, it's sad. Don't look it up. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was really, really, really good night. Yeah, Enjoyed it was a nice, it. cozy evening and a lovely atmosphere. Everyone's being really supportive and friendly. Just just to clarify about the mellow mellow thing, Becky kind of made it sound like that was some sort of atrocity it's just a bar that closed down um, <laughs> just in case just any- a bar no no but just, just in case anyone goes oh god they're talking about like you know there was a rubble fell on someone else don't worry <laughs> everyone's fine the great mellow mellow of the 2016 when everyone mellowed out too much and <laughs> yeah. everyone stopped caring so um, this month 
uh, we've put on a lot of women on the podcast because it is a feminist podcast this month. I'm very proud to head up this oh feminist podcast. <laughs> joking, joking. Uh, so, um, anyway, um, we have first up reading their wonderful poems, uh, Lindsay Price. Lindsay, the lovely Lindsay, with her poem, Can You Imagine a Body Without a Heart? And then after that, we're going to have a fabulous Floyd with her poem, First Things First. Both come from different places and different styles, yeah? Very much so. Uh, Lindsay, I think, watching her perform over the years, got to a point now where she's really playful with the language. She was Really doing... captivating and yeah. takes you lots of different places. Yeah, there's no nerves there. It feels like there's none left any like, anywhere. Not even where your heart would be. <laughs> but uh, no, it was really good. Um, the way she was repetition, she was moving it around in the lines. It wasn't like just an end rhyme thing every time. And um, I think it, it all built up to the ending of the poem, which was really, really interesting. Um, and Floyd is really bombastic with the way that she performs. I think she's just, um, she's got a great voice um, and a really strong direction about what she's writing about. Yeah, she's wistful in this one. She's reminiscing. She's looking back, looking at time and everything like that. It's rather nice. Here we go. Can you imagine a body without a heart? Instead of red blood flows and abundance of grey dust, eyes that are capable of sight but aren't open quite enough. Body lives in a block of flats where you have to be tough. High rise, but if you want to see the stars through the city smog at night, then you're certainly not high enough. So, on a Tuesday morning, body wakes up, puts on a grey shirt, goes outside for a cigarette, doesn't notice the birds, gets in a grey car and clocks into work. Sits behind a desk, gets told he's doing well, doesn't feel a sense of pride, but body knows enough by now to plaster on a smile. Body gets home from work at a quarter to five turns on the television and watches in black and white, looks through the grey blinds at the street lights. it's a harsh world outside, but body does not feel capable of preventing any crime. Imagine if we had a tool to change things for body tonight. I'm not talking grandiose, but maybe a gesture that's small and slight. Perhaps we sneak into body's room and plant some flowers in a vase. It might not seem like much, but... This sudden surge of colour will be enough to open Body's heart. So, on a Wednesday morning, Body wakes up, spies an alien arrangement of blooms lying next to his grey cup, takes an inhale and is filled with floral memories when he was young. Body isn't sure what's happening, but the grey cement slabs of the flat are starting to feel warm. Body digs around his wardrobe and puts on a colourful shirt, sacks off the car and takes the scenic route to work. Clocks in, but Body realises the hallways are too dull. So he buys some brushes and paint, remembers the colours of flowers, and gets to work at painting something wonderful. Body's boss sees the newly added touch of colour and smiles. Not the kind that's plastered on out of politeness, but the kind that makes it right up to the eyes. Body's boss meanders home that night, sees an unlikely flower shop within the streets of Grey, and picks up something for his wife. Body's boss's wife receives the gift with surprise, decides to do some sewing based on the colours that were shown to her that night. Now, I don't have time to recount to you the ripple effect of these events, but Body's life soon fills with colour, and that spills out to everyone else. 
what began as a vase of flowers led to parties and murals in the street. In many ways, the lives of others start to feel more complete. We began this story by imagining a body with no heart. Now close your eyes and try to picture a society with no art. Thank you very much. Here we go. First things first. I'm going to start at the end while there's still time, whatever that is. There's always a beginning, a middle, and end. My ending is beginning to bend around me. It happens when you lose your mother at my time of life. Your boundaries become detached. Unlatched memories drift through space and time like matchless galaxies shifting disturbing the fabric of your remembered life. Your beginning matters darkly more and more. And lest the middle of your life should contract into a white dwarf of total insignificance, you find yourself reflecting backwards into a hall of infinite mirrors wherein lies nothing much. No answers, no questions, no time for more questions. You cannot even conceive of what questions you might ask because she's not there to answer them, especially not there to retrieve answers from the black hole into which disappeared all the questions she refused to answer before she left, while there was still time. So, let's get straight to the end, at least how I would like it to be. Not alone. Please don't let me die alone when my time comes. If a tiny meteor plummets into a sunlit sky, invisibly indivisible in its brightness from all those particles of light competing for attention, did it ever happen? But then again, why not? What's the difference would it make? There's nothing anyone can do. There's nothing I can do at that point. Ah, but that's the very point. It's not about the end, the instant when existence ceases, when the body is released from the weight of present and consistent beingness, is it? It's more about the bit before when you lie there in the terrifying anticipation of spiraling towards the harsh reality of an insignificant crash landing, wondering, what the hell was that about? That's when you need another body in the room, banging on about dreadful politicians and how humanity is going to hell in a handbasket, so you get pissed off because you asked for it. You asked for life. You fought to grasp it, long and lasting, and now you just want it, like your mother did, all to be done and dusted. Which is pretty much how I feel these days, most of the time. Even though time, as such, does not exist. Don't worry, I'm not about to top myself. Or am I? <laughs> I am determined, as my mother was, to see the whole thing through. There was a time, back in the days when I believed in time, when I mistakenly conflated time with life itself, thinking it was a mountain, patiently waiting to be climbed, from whose peak I'd claim the world as mine. 
and I would shine my light across the valley on the other side, illuminating all the nooks and crannies left unexplored by lesser mortals. And I would have done it too, if only I could have found a winch or, or a cable car to get me up there. None of that one-step-at-a-time nonsense for me. I jumped, I leapt, I bounced time after non-existent paradoxical time until suddenly, without any apparent warning, I find myself here and now on the other side of that patient mountain, wondering how I got here. When did the mystical promise of the road less travelled, winding mysteriously up and out of sight, turn into the road to nowhere in particular? The road to later, and still later. And please, may I start again? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> those are some lovely poems. Up next we have uh, first a poem by the wonderful and ever-charming Tristan. Tristan did a poem about not looking back on the past with rose-tinted glasses, not being like, oh, do you remember the good old days? He had a slightly different take on that. And Controversial, did... almost. He revealed that he was a historian, mm. so... Well, we're going to include the intro so you can really enjoy the full thing yeah. um, for you there. And then straight after that, we'll be jumping on to um, Rebecca's uh, poem. Which was called Our Lad. And I really liked this poem because it just told a really interesting story. I love the way Becky speaks and I think her poetry is just gorgeous. I know she sat there some, and I'm being quite flattering now. <laughs> We'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, without further ado, here are some poems. Right, it's a short but sweet one for me today. So, basically, I'm an ancient historian at the Uni of Liverpool, and when you're an ancient historian, you start to realise that the vast majority of human history was god-awful. People died young, there were plagues, battles. If you were a woman, you had no rights whatsoever. And that's why it makes me a little bit confused when people talk about the good old days and claim that they were born in the wrong generation and things like that. So I decided to play devil's advocate a little bit because a lot of poetry actually does sort of take this stance that, you know, the modern world is garbage and all that fun stuff. So this one is going at a slightly different angle. If we've built for ourselves a fortress of wires, why do we yearn for leaves and campfires? In our comfort have we forgotten that nature is cruel as we pine for a life of hardship like fools? A pastoral paradise has lurched from our heads. Perhaps we've forgotten our ancestral dead that fought for survival, went hungry for days. Is it not through their struggle that we broke away to build a new world in which we could thrive, where no one would have to hunt to survive, with vaults full of pleasures to prove we're alive? Why with all that do we look to the sky and dream of a landscape of green rolling moors, of empty beaches on shell-laden shores and riverbanks dotted with burrowers' holes where the only builders are beavers and voles? Do we wish to undo all that we've made for civilization to wither and fade? 
or is it just always greener on the other side where modernity's responsibilities die? Thank you. This one's called Our Love. Don't talk to me about his choice, about the drug dealers who bought him a blazer and the dank smell escaping from the seams, and a full belly for the first time in months, about the fact that the problems seem to end down to some seemingly generous men. He comes in any weeks of yesterday, last night after college and God knows how much lemon and haze. At school I would have hated you, but in here I wash your clothes and you bring in pasta because in the office we aren't paid enough for this shit. He helps us with our petty cash. We can't get him a work placement somewhere else, but in here you see who he really is. He puts his mum to bed as she whispers drunk nothings into his ears. He looks after his friend's dogs, brings a husky in after the day ends that fills our classroom with, with its winter coat. We are his nine to five parents. He brings my colleague Jamie a penguin teddy from the service station because he knows that she loves them, because he knows that she cares. And I try to bring myself not to, because he's in a little too deep. This is the northern line, and they give you debts, and by the time they're paid off, do not pass go. He knows nothing else, but he's trying to learn, and it hurts to watch him twist in the loop. I see it tighten with his riding as he demands, as we demand he goes to the doctors, and he doesn't. I just need to get my head together. And he does get his level two maths, and he does get his level two English, and a job, not a grafting shift. He works for a change, but it's too late. And Jamie cries as she phones and he tells us that he will die inside. And she thinks he means himself, that he means the others, but he means himself. He is to hand himself in. They are building a case. And we stare at our hands in the office at his 18-year-old life. Over. I would have hated him at school. Well, those were some great poems, obviously not speaking about my own, everyone else's, but that was fabulous. I always enjoy listening back to them. Uh, now we're going to do some of Carmina's work. We're going to have some poetry by her and then the interview. Um, her poem's going to be Ode, An Ode to Makeup, which I think is quite apt for like an International Women's Day event because it's uh, it's kind of about how women use it to identify and how it doesn't have to be about other people, but it's kind of meaning to us it's, as a signifier. Um, and also there is obviously the interview where Carmina talks a little bit about what she does down in London, what she was doing on International Women's Day and all the rest. So enjoy. <laughs> This one is called Ode to Makeup. I sweep my face with something the same shade as my skin. I breathe in as he looks at me and says, you don't need to wear makeup. And he's right. Makeup isn't a need, not a necessity like the way we feed, drink water, breathe. I breathe out. This is not the time to go that deep. Not the time to tell him that nobody needs it. And it doesn't matter if he thinks I'm better off without, because the implication with that information is that some people do need it. And with that, you're going to breed it. This insecurity you seem to think is the only reason why I might supply 12 shades of eyeshadow from bolt blue to pow the color of snow. Because you don't know. And you don't understand that I don't wear this for you. Hashtag sorry not sorry, it's true. 
In the light of the morning sun to the dark of a rising moon, my face is a blank <coughs> canvas, and yes, sometimes it doesn't hurt that it may smooth its surface, it's the perk, but I can't get you to get it. The joy of the perfect cat's eye flick, and the way a good mascara is both thick and thin, and I think I'll have to give in if you want me to explain the mystery of eyebrows. It's such a waste of time, they may say. But what's the point in rhyme, I'll complain? What's the point in playing games and having sex and staring into space? Yes, I'll admit there's a politics within my face, but if you're looking to critique the beauty industry, you're looking in the wrong place. Look at the magazines that promote anti-aging cream next to a story about victims of acid attacks. Look in the shop that sells CDs and thinks it's okay to force its employees to wear makeup. Just women, though, naturally. Look at the people on TV, how older women don't grace the screen as much as older men, and when a woman has Botox, she's usually mocked. Look at the tennis champion who's told on Twitter she's too ugly to win and somehow deserving of rape threats. I breathe in. I don't know where to begin when you ask why a woman wears makeup. I breathe out. Because... Though I'm one who wears a full face as I write this, purses together the gloss on my lips, sometimes I'll just wear a bit. And sometimes I'll wear none at all because I'm a feminist and I'm scared I'll fall into that trap where I haven't got the balls to go outside without it. He says I don't need makeup. And I know he's right, but this is not a compliment and I don't want to fight. But a woman wearing makeup is not a victim to be judged, not an example to be held up as the way we waste our time. It's not like if we all just stop wearing makeup, everything would just be fine. So, so tonight, when I remove the colours from my face, I'll smile with the knowledge tomorrow's another day where I'll lay down the foundations. And I might put on some red lipstick, because when I put that on, it's for nobody to kiss. This is Becky with A Lovely Word, and once again we'll be interviewing the headliner. This is Carmina Masalova. Have I got that wrong? Masalova. Masalova, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. But um, she'll be headlining for us tonight. Um, this night we've kind of had a bit of a rule where we try to get more women to come and read out because it's been close to International Women's Day. Um, and we've been really lucky this year to have a lot of female headliners, and this is another one of them. So, in aid of that, I wanted to ask you, what were you doing on International Women's Day? Anything fun? Did you relax? Did you treat yourself? Or That's did a good you question. Yeah. Um, I think it was... I can't remember what day it was. Friday, was it Friday or something. Yeah. I think it was Friday. I actually, yeah, I got this tattoo. Oh, wow. Um, in the morning. Which it says... Uh, Make, make tiny, tiny changes. changes and it's got a picture of a globe yeah, yeah. it's really so, cute <laughs> um, it's a reference to frightened rabbit oh. lyric um but i found i sort of i didn't when i booked the tattoo i didn't kind of realize what day it was falling on um and actually it changed from the thursday to the friday and um so yeah i thought i thought of thought that was quite apt in a way because i think sometimes with um sort of like different social issues it can be hard to think about what can you actually do about something that seems so big and you I don't know sometimes I, I compare myself to people who are 
are doing really amazing great things and thinking that I'm not doing enough and that kind of thing so it's just a kind of reminder that we all can do really small things and they're still going to make an impact and absolutely I definitely think that that is the case um and it's like the poem that somebody just did earlier in the first half about um what what the world would be like without art sometimes we find mm. that difficult to justify doing artwork definitely but yeah. actually it has a lot of value and that changes things in art itself as well um you also run a night in london yeah. called she growls you've got a necklace there yeah. of it as well yeah. as well. <laughs> so could you tell us a bit about that night and what you do down there um yeah so i've been running she growls since around 2013 um in london and I sort of took a a break when I lived abroad for a bit um, but it's been um, in lots of different venues in London and I'm currently at the Poetry Cafe in Covent Garden and it's been amazing there, it's been probably one of the best places that we've been Um, it's really nice to be somewhere that's really just dedicated to poetry and um, it's because it's central London it means that you're getting audiences from all over the place and um, yeah, so it's really great being there. And um, I've now got um, so sort of over the years, I've had sort of different people that have helped me out, and I've got someone else that's come on board recently. So we're going to be also taking the show to Edinburgh Fringe Festival for the third time as well. Oh, fab! Week. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. Is that based around the night, or is that something that you're doing just? Yeah, it's going to be based around the night. So oh, that's yeah, brilliant. It's been the last couple of years, and oh, it's been fab. Really fun, And so. that's is that based on what people perform there and stuff like that, or is that how? What do you do down there? So um, most of the nights um, consist of. Sorry for that brief interlude. Somebody just came in here <laughs> looking for a lost bag. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, she girls. So you taking it up to Edinburgh and you taking some stuff from the nights that you're doing and guessing. Yeah. So um, the night is usually at the moment. In the past, it's been like more of a mixture. And actually, last month we had a musician as well as poets, but it does tend to be mostly poetry. And um, so, well, and we're kind of in the the kind of unofficial sort of poetry home of Edinburgh Fringe um, at the Banshee Labyrinth so that um, it's yeah we at the moment we've got three features that tend to be poetry and a very small open mic and so the Fringe show is just kind of like a distilled version of that oh, um, so it'll be a couple of us that are going to be regularly doing slots but then there'll also be special guests each night and then an open mic as well as oh. much as we can kind of fit into the like an hour so yeah. that'd be amazing uh, so if you are going up to edinburgh definitely check it out uh, i've still never been to edinburgh fringe it's like definitely on the bucket list but yeah. um last year uh, alex went up and he met a bunch of people who've since come down and headlined from Birmingham and stuff like that and yeah. it's well that's where I met him actually was it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing place uh, I went down for the Verve Festival recently and it uh, seems oh, like they yeah, I was there as well were you yeah. oh yeah that's amazing I, I didn't get to see everything that I wanted to see because I had to come back on the Saturday right. but um, I got to see Rachel Long who I really like mm. and um, like the Verve uh, community poetry um competition was really fun to listen to Louisa was on and uh, she was hosting it she was, she was one of the judges she was fab uh, and who else 
I missed Andrew McMillan's workshop because I got lost in the ball ring. Oh no. <laughs> and I couldn't get out and I just totally <laughs> missed it. But yeah. It was fab- Sorry, I'll stop going about it. I had such a good time there though. Um, so in terms of your own poetry and your own work, um, are there any predominant themes or anything that you feel that you speak most about or are you like completely varied in what you're writing about? Um, a lot of it's autobiographical, but then some of it kind of... I like to kind of play with the idea as well with... Um, that, I don't know, I think there's assumptions sometimes when you are, uh, you know, particularly when you're performing your work on a stage rather than it being in a book sometimes that um, it's all true. Yeah. And so sometimes <laughs> I'll sort of take maybe like the the emotional truth of something that maybe I've experienced but I'll put it in a fictionalised way as well um, so things like that um, but yeah it does tend to have its root with the autobiographical and um, and then also like some of it is a bit more overtly political as well um, but yeah it's one of those things that I'm never sure really how to answer it yeah but, um, <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's definitely a tradition, um, and I know there's lots of women writers who don't write like this, there's definitely a tra- tradition in female writing about confession, um, mm. confessional writing, but I do think that that is actually really important as women to write about because our experience hasn't been as present on the page in traditional formats, so it's good if we can kind of get it out there and kind of share yeah, it with the world, you know, yeah. um, and find some common ground as women to kind of find our own universal truths and all that but yeah it's interesting <laughs> that like kind of terms like confessional or even in the past I've had like feminine used as a criticism oh wow and so things like that I'm yeah very keen on like reclaiming confessional poetry is something that that is a valid art form and that kind of thing as well people do it in songs and other forms of art yeah. where they write about that kind of stuff anyway I think it only helps uh, other people feel like they're in the same boat when they hear it as well. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to stop because I feel like we've been talking for a little bit <laughs> and um, give you a little break before you start, but thank you for talking with me thank and uh, good luck with your performance. Rap. Poet. Poet. Rap or poem. Rap or poem. Is it a rap guy or art? Though a poem. Well, I guess we'll find out then, won't we? Now on to, as you heard from the jingle, rap our poem. It was a good jingle. It's I a really love that jingle. jingle. <laughs> <laughs> the best jingle ever. Possibly better than all of the rap and poems that I'm going to read out for you right now. Whoa, steady now. Yeah. <laughs> Deeply excited. Okay, so um, I'll be reading I Prepared the Rap and the Poem stuff this time, so it's up to... You guys to guess it. You ready? I'm as, ready. As I'll ever be. Okay. I'll start off with this one then. Get wrapped like tortillas, sticky like quesadillas, you can't see me and I ain't see you. <laughs> I mean... It's a wrap. It's a wrap, yeah. It's also quite good because you made it about... Quesadillas. Wraps. wraps. <laughs> yeah, I know, I really like that one. That's uh, that's well done. Miss Banks come through. Well done, you got it right. Next. He has set a new style in clothing. He has introduced the chic of mud. Ooh, that sounds like that interesting person who walks around covered in mud. I can see that at London Fashion Week. <clears throat> yeah. But is it a rap or is it a poem? A poem? 
Yeah, I'd go with that. It is a poem. It's quite a famous poem called The Song of Mud by Mary Borden, ah. who was the First World War female poet. Uh, and a lot of her poems are interesting because a lot of the First World War poets obviously talk from in-the-mud perspectives. Like, they're in the trenches and all the rest of it, and hers is like she talks about the whole battlefield because she's in the hospitals and the front line. So, check oh, her out. I it's like Women's Day. Yeah. Okay, next one. Smart, big awards and prize money. It's killing off black poetry. It's not censors or dictators that are cutting up our art. The lure of meeting royalty. Is that a... I think. God, that's a rap, I think, but... it's a yeah, it says poetry in it though, so I feel like it might be a poem. Yeah, but the sometimes rappers think they're poets. <laughs> they are poets. But this is why we've got the game to try and <laughs> yeah, to to draw that very clear line <laughs> and go. There's no crossover here. Let's draw the line. Make a decision, guys. What is it going to be? Go for it. You go. Your choice. What do you think? Well, I think it's a poem. You would be correct. Yeah. But it's Benjamin Zephaniah, which might be why you thought it was Is rap, it? Because he's a, like a very performance-style poet. Okay. <laughs> well, we're on to our, our next one. Okay, so this one uh, goes like this. <laughs> Sticking together like flour and water to make that slow dough. We worked for everything we have and going to stick up for. It sounds like it's about rapping, like, yeah. tortilla wraps again. <laughs> slow dough. It's either being paid but it's delayed or a very long bake mm. either way it's a wrap <laughs> it's 100% a wrap it's a wrap it's a classic it's a big boy and it's from Return of the G oh. um, okay next one surely there has never been a shade so blue a stank attitude so not mad at you not a magnitude to encompass the latitude of my love for you what do you think? It's a rap. I'm trying to figure out who it is, though. I feel like... I think it's a poem. Do you? Well, it's actually a trick. It's a trick. This is somebody who professes to be neither. <gasps> oh, that, well, you can't do that. I can. It's, she's called, because I want to advertise her on the podcast. She's brilliant. She's called Akua Naru. And she does this kind of, like, um, new soul rap poetry stuff. Amazing. Wait a minute, but you've said she, she's neither. And we just and said you, there can't be, it has to be one or the other. It has yeah, to be either and then, rapper, but and then you've said it's she kind of just a rap poetry thing, even though she explicitly said she she's not a rapper well, or a poet. I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but, um, what does she call herself? I think she would call herself a spoken word poet, but it's always with music and it does have a kind of rap element to it. A bit like Kate Tempest. Okay. Oh, well, she, I mean, that's poetry. But also she's got a band. Yeah. Yeah, but Kate Tempest is a poet. And won a Mercury Prize. Yeah, that doesn't stop her being a poet. She's also a musician. Yes, a, a musician. A musician, comma, poet. Ah. How, about this, how about this classification, MC? Yeah. Well, that, sorry, but that means that's a rap rapper then. <laughs> Like, th- this is silly. Okay. This whole game's stupid Fine. anyway. Okay. Who invented this game? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, have we even explained the rules? <laughs> oh, well, well are... I think they're obvious now, are they? Yeah. yeah. We'll move on to the next one. But, 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 sorry, but I'm a bit annoyed because this person is clearly a poet and because they've, they've said they, they do poetry but with, but with music in the background. Um, they're, they're a poet. Yeah. I think she she calls it poetry. 
Yeah, I just, so, just double checked. But what? But so you? But you said. Yeah, okay, fine. Right, okay, it's there we go. It's right, a poem for the go. poets. I think we, we could accept that it's both and that it doesn't have okay. to be one or the other. What's the point of the game? <laughs> last one, last one, last one. Right. Okay. <laughs> behind, <Come> my, <laughs> behind my painted smile when all the revolutionary noise is nothing but a little lost boy. Confused and insecure, arrogant and oversure, an egotistical prick, so come on, please, praise me more. Is it Eminem? I think that might be Le Miz. Le Miz? <laughs> it's neither, guys. Which is, which is neither rap or poem. Is it's it not Hamilton? neither rap or poem again. No, 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 it's not. It's definitely not. Is it Hamilton to me in the middle? <laughs> Ooh. What is Hamilton? It's a rap musical. Yes, but... No, I know what it is, but is it... What is it? A rap music. Oh, right, yeah, no, fair enough, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's Hamilton. It's not Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Is it a rap or a poem, guys? It's a musical. It's, it's not a musical. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a rap or a poem. It's an abstract. You started this by, oh, by moving no. things outside the boundaries of the, <laughs> of the clear divide we had. We had a binary choice, rap or poem. Everything was one or the other. And you were like, oh, she's neither. Well, she was very clearly a poet. I've been reading too much Deruda. It's not my fault. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's the person who invented deconstruction. Uh, well, there we go. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, Is it a rap or a poem? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Can you read it again? Behind my painted smile and all the revolutionary noise is nothing but a little lost boy. Confused and insecure, arrogant and oversure, an egotistical prick. So come on, please, praise me more. That's Hamilton. <laughs> it's not Hamilton! <laughs> it's not, guys. It's not Hamilton! Okay, it's a poem. It's a rap. It's a rap. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's by Akala. Oh. And it's from a song called Behind My Painted Smile. There we go. I thought it was Eminem. It did sound a bit like, you know, an MSN. Eminem does that. <laughs> MSN. <laughs> MSN. Does everyone remember oh, MSN? No. Um, okay. Well, I think that ends um, rap or poem and, and also ends the podcast. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And see you next month for a very poetry, poetry, um, lovely word. Mmm. It's on the 2nd of April. It's the 4th, no, what Thursday of the month have we moved to, Alex? Oh, the 1st Thursday of the month. Yeah. Which is the 4th of April. See you then.